0: This is the last talk of the month of untethered spirituality. That's our kind of spirituality, right? Free from dogma, duality, and superstition. And so I'm knowing, or at least I'm hoping, you know, that this talk goes well. Knock on wood. (laughs) See what I did there? Okay. Because today's talk is free from superstition. Knock on wood for good luck. Isn't that what we do, right? Three on a match. That's bad luck. Probably nobody even remembers that. Nobody smokes anymore, but that was like one from years and years ago. Three on a match was bad luck. A black cat crossing your path, right? More bad luck. Um, Walking under a ladder, really bad luck. Probably because something fell on someone's head at some point, but walking under a ladder is bad luck. What about breaking a mirror? Oh my God, that's seven years of bad luck. That's like mega bad luck. You know, except there is a cure for that one. I didn't know if you knew that. You can cancel out that seven years of bad luck if you take a shard of the broken mirror and touch it against a tombstone. That cancels out the seven years of bad luck. I mean, isn't this wild? I just love it. How about some good luck? superstitions, you know. Oh, you know the one about the left palm, right? If your left palm itches, you're going to get money, All right, Think about that one. What about a four-leaf clover? That's always good luck. Um, there's beginner's luck, right? When you go to a, you know, if you're playing poker or something like that, you know. I don't really think it's good luck. I think it's more, um, what do they call it, um, confirmation bias, right? It's more confirmation bias. It's just you just notice things more, and we think they're lucky. You know, it's like, you know how you, when you notice the, the clock, the digital clock setting at 11-11, at right? You're like, oh my God, every time I look at the clock, it always says 11-11. Well, it really doesn't. But we remember the times that it does more because it's just an unusual thing. And so we just don't even remember the times we look at a clock and it just has random numbers. But we always remember when it's 11-11 and we think somehow we always look at the clock that way, but really it is nothing. What is, what is another good luck? Uh, find a penny. Find a penny, pick it up. All the day you'll have good luck. We remember that as a child, right? And um, bad luck, st- oh, step on a crack, break your mother's back. All this kind of stuff, right? We know these. You know, and, and let me go back to the every popular, you know, knock on wood, right? We, have, we do all of these kind of things. And you know the whole knock on wood thing. This was interesting too because what it does is it activates the spirits. Because wood sprites right? They live in trees. And so that means they live in the wood too. So when you knock on wood, you activate the the forest sprites, the wood sprites, and then they come out and protect you. That's what that whole thing is about. Anyway, it's just a small sampling of folklore's superstitions. And there are a bunch more because I researched them. There are hundreds. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how much superstition there is out in the world. It's really, really funny. But you know, there are things that bring us good luck and there are things to do that bring us bad luck and then there are things that we can do to prevent the bad luck from happening, right? Good, good luck things that will cancel out the bad luck things. It's just so crazy. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what Ernest Holmes had to say about superstition. He said this, let us define superstition. By superstition, we mean any belief which holds that there are powers, presences, or intelligences in the universe, which respond more quickly to one person than another, right? It's like God playing favorites. That was Ernest Holmes' definition of superstition. And the science of mind and spirit transcends superstition just like it is freed from dogma and free from duality. There is no God or or any superpower of any kind that responds differently to different people. The power and the presence that created the universe and continues to create, out picture, inhabit then abandon form, express itself through its creations, that power and that presence responds to all alike. It has to be that way it creates. All it can do is what it does. All spirit can do is what it does. And what it does is it creates and it cannot create more for you than for someone else. It cannot create better for you than for someone else if you bow in a certain direction, or if you light a candle, or if you kneel, or if you recite a certain word over and over and over again, or if you stay away from a certain food, or if you only eat a certain food, or if you wear a certain piece of clothing, it will not respond to you more than it does every other creation that it inhabits. All of that is superstition. And and Ernest Holmes had had a lot to say about superstition, oddly enough. (laughs) Anyway, he said this. He said, if you have ever believed that the stars govern you, or that your environment governs you, or that your opportunities govern you, recognize this as an hypnotic condition into which you have fallen. Right? Spirit... Guides by love and rules by law. That is it. Spirit guides by love and rules by law. Ernest Holmes often said, love points the way and love makes the way possible. No, wait, I got that backwards. (laughs) Love points the way and law makes the way possible. Let me say that again. Love points the way and law makes the way possible. And yet, you know, I hear so many people in casual conversations that'll say, oh, you know, Mercury's in something or other. It's in this house or it's in retrograde or blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And that's why things are happening the way they're happening, you know? Or, or oh my God, you know, this thing happened. What was I thinking that caused this thing to happen? Or, or, you know, sometimes someone will have a negative comment and they'll go, oh my gosh, you know, cross that out, cross that out, cross that out. All of that stuff is superstition. All of it, none of it means anything, you know? You'd better throw salt over your shoulder if you say something like that. It's Just as meaningful, right? Just as meaningful. It's a fear thought. That's all it is, is a fear thought, and it's a superstition. And Ernest Holmes said, let us then approach the science of mind with awe, but not with fear, with a truly humble spirit, but not with a sense that we are unworthy and certainly with no superstition. Let us approach it normally, happily, willing to accept it, glad to experiment with it, believing that as a result of our efforts, we shall derive a great good, a better understanding of natural laws of life, as they apply to the individual and his relationship to the universal scheme of things. No superstition, no dogma, no duality. We are freed from all of that. Free from dogma, duality, superstition. Unbounded by limitations of false beliefs, the science of mind is the antidote to lack limitation, despair, and and living a life of quiet desperation. Thank you, Henry David Thoreau. Right? It is the antidote to all of that. Our philosophy is one of freedom, but freedom that comes with responsibility. Right? Ernest Holmes said it's not, you know, liberty without license, right? Freedom comes with responsibility. We must take responsibility for our thoughts, our predominant thoughts, because those are the ones that usually make themselves manifest in our experience of life. Now, I'm not talking about taking the blame, so you have to really understand the difference, right? I'm not blaming anyone for the experiences in life that they have, right? That's not what's being done. You know, oh my God, what did I do? You know, what was I thinking that caused this thing? Or the being afraid of our thoughts. Oh my God, cross that out, cross that out. Because I don't want that to manifest. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about taking responsibility. When we take responsibility for our lives, we take the stance of, okay, what do I do? Right? What do I do about it? This thing happened, or I've experienced this thing, or I'm experiencing this thing in my life. What is my response? not my reaction. What is my response to it? My re- that's my responsibility, my ability to respond. It is my ability to respond. And what do we do? Well, we go to prayer, first thing. We go to prayer, right? And then prayer and meditation will lead us to a greater understanding of what there is to do. But we're not at fault. We are not to blame for the conditions in which we find ourselves. Or who among us set the intention for COVID-19? Okay, which one of you, Who, who out there, which one of you set the intention for this thing? Nobody, nobody set the intention for this. Physical events occur as a product of movement in the physical world. That's really all that's happening. There is movement in the physical world and and physical events occur as a product of that. So we respond, we respond to something, even events we didn't manifest in our minds, in our in, intend in our minds. We still need to respond to them with a humble spirit, but not with any sense that we are unworthy. Right, like Ernest Holmes said, and certainly with no superstition. We don't think when faced with something like this, a worldwide pandemic, that we should go light a candle, right? Or go into denial, you know? Or we, we're not supposed to think it's going to just magically disappear, you know? Not going to happen. It is not going to happen. It's a physical event in the physical world, you know? And, and this whole idea that we'll just close our eyes and turn our backs and it's going to magically disappear you know, is is false thinking. It's it's fantastical thinking. You know, it's like the guy on the roof. Remember that old story about the guy on the roof with the rising floodwaters? And he's praying to God and praying to God, and a boat comes by, and he said, no, 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 that's all right. I, I just, God will save me. And then a canoe comes by, and he says, no, 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 God will save me. And then the helicopter comes from above to get him, and he's like, no, 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 God will save me. And then the waters continue to rise, and the guy drowns. And the next thing he knows, he's in front of St. Peter, and he's going, hey, what happened, you know? I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. What the heck? Why did God let me drown? And St. Peter looked at him, and he said, who do you think sent the boat? Who do you think sent the canoe? Who do you think sent the helicopter? We are the ones who are out picturing our own answers. Right, We do our affirmative prayer, we do our meditation, and then we move our feet. For God's sakes, people, keep your masks on. You know, use your masks. Stay sheltered in place. Wash your hands. Continue to know the truth without fear. But we have to do the things because we are spirit-informed. God's not riding in on a white horse to save us. This is ours to do as spirit flowing through us. We don't just stand here and say, well, I'm going to use affirmative prayer and then, and then COVID can't get me. And then I'm going to go out and, in the middle of, you know, large crowds and things, you know, because God will protect me. I don't need to take any protections. We don't do that. We've evolved beyond that. We know that God shows up as all people. God shows up as all things. And that we must take responsibility for our own actions. Because we know spiritual law does not violate physical, natural law. They work together. It's like praying to defy gravity. I can pray to defy gravity all I want. You can pray to suspend gravity all you want. But you know what? When you step off that roof, you're going down, girl. You are going down. You're not going to float up anywhere in the sky. We're not going to defy physical laws with spiritual laws. It doesn't happen. God can only do through you, and that's the way it is. God always does for us what it can do through us. We are the place where spirit shows up. And so is everybody else. But we must treat and move our feet. We must pray and and do something. We must pray and take advantage of the miracles that have been laid out before us, or else we're like the guy on the roof. If all we're gonna do is just pray and sit there and twiddle our thumbs, we're like the guy on the roof. We must know the truth. And yes, the truth sets us free. It sets us free from superstition. It sets us free from duality. It sets us free from the dogma. It is freedom from false beliefs, from limiting beliefs, but never in violation of spiritual or natural law. Not going to happen. Ernest Holmes said this in in, uh, Living the Science of Mind. He said, we are always using laws which of themselves do nothing for us until we consciously use them. If we would think of the laws of thought in the same practical manner as we think of other principles in nature, and if we could free ourselves from all superstition... In using spiritual laws, realizing that they are also natural, we would have the power at our command, which we so greatly feel the need of and which we so deeply desire to know how to use. This is what differentiates the practical, experienced, scientific religious scientist in this field from one who merely hopes, wishes, or wills things to happen. We cannot simply light a candle, do a prayer, and hope for the best, and, and not do the physical things that we know we need to do. We must do the physical stuff. We must pray and move our feet, you know. We can't just pray and think it's all done for us. It's like standing in a garage doesn't make you a car, honey, you know. You, you, you need to do stuff along with. Knowing stuff. The only way spiritual principles work is through us. We have to do. And because there is one presence, and because there is one power, the use we make of it is good for all. It is good for all. Because because when I pray abundance, I'm praying abundance for all. Because there's only one of us. Because there's only God. So we must not take that exceptionalism that, here, I'm praying for me, the hell with you, you know. This is about, we are one. There's only one God. There's only one source. There's only one power and presence. So my prayer is abundance, then it's abundance for all. Prayer for a job or a career or money or companionship or love. I pray for all because there is only one of us. I cannot want for me something that I don't want for you. Again, that falls back into superstition. My God's going to do for me, but not for you. Not true. It is just not true. There is only one power, one presence, and that is what we're praying in and through and with and as because that is really us. We are some undifferentiated part of this divine life of God's. We must know that. Ernest Holmes said this in Lessons in Spiritual Mind Healing. He said, The whole object of the science of mind is to understand the relationship between the individual and the universal and to learn to make conscious use of the universal power for personal purposes and for for oneself and for others. That is really all we do here, is we come to understand universal powers and principles and how to apply them to change the conditions around us, around the world, and uplift all. We do this by understanding the power at our disposal. We must, we must immerse ourselves fully and completely in this philosophy. Surrendering ourselves to greatness. Surrendering our own small selves into the greatness, into the higher self that we know, we know ourselves to be. And we have to experiment, and we have to prove the principle's work. We have to direct the law through prayer and love, knowing the outcome is already assured. Without superstition without duality, without dogma, to simply know this is the power that has created everything. It has created me. It is me. It flows through every cell of my body. Ernest Holmes said this, shorn of dogmatism, freed from superstition, open at the top for greater illumination, unbound and unlimited, The science of mind and spirit offers the student of life the most understandable and intelligent approach that the world has so far achieved. We said that quite a few years ago, and yet it still holds true. There is this philosophy, this faith, this way of life that if understood and correctly applied aligns us with a life greater than anything we could possibly imagine. But it is up to us to use it. Spirit can only be through us. That is just the way it is. Spirit can only, only demonstrate for us, demonstrate to us, demonstrate around us what it can demonstrate through us. So it is up to us to have a greater idea of God. God is not going to bring itself down into our human lives and limit itself as us. It is us that we must raise ourselves up and be that unlimited God in our own lives. Do this. Thank you so much.